0: This is the Federal Chronicles News of the Week for March 28th, 2020. Corona bailout bombshell. This week, Jason Cousineau and Eric Kingfisk, that's me, vent about how the United States has become the new epicenter for the coronavirus breakout, while the Corona bailout is a gift to special interest groups and huge corporations. How did hashtag Time's Up Biden become a thing this week? And no, it's not because of his early onset dementia, And The Bitter End with Tulsi Gabbard. The Fedora Chronicles is brought to you by our Patrons on patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to new episodes of the Fedora Chronicles radio show, such as True Crime One-on-One, The Metaphysical Connection, and News of the Week with Jay Cousineau, with the show notes, a sneak peek behind the scenes, and more. Zazzle.com slash store slash Fedora Chronicles is where you can purchase t-shirts, coffee mugs and so much more with our logo and slogans right on them. Commentary on pop culture and current events through the perspective of classic film snobs and diesel punks, with topics ranging from true crime, paranormal and conspiracy theories. You can now listen to our podcast on SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, Player FM, Overcast, Stitcher and Spotify. If your favorite podcast service doesn't have Pedro Chronicles Radio Show, let us know and we'll fix it right away. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. And Jay and I were starting out the show and of course the background noise you hear is because um, everything is canceled um, for the most part. Carol is in the other room. She's getting ready for to, to, to go to work for a little bit. She's going to make an appearance. Uh, my youngest son tumble he is actually sharing an office with me again second week in a row and we're we're already we're already fighting about um, um, real estate on the desk like which like where's the dividing line where's and if any of my stuff gets on his side of the desk he gets a little hissy fit so that's that's what corona has brought our life to so
1: I have a hard time with the coronavirus thing because I understand the reason for the social distancing. I understand the decisions that have been made and why they've made those decisions. I get it. I really do. Um, what I worry about is they're talking about the stimulus package, right? And you and I both know yeah. that the stimulus package is not going to go to the people who really need it. Yeah, that's- It's going to go to people like People that are on welfare—not that they don't need help, but they're already covered in this situation. Yeah, with the you know the, what they're already getting. Um, now, some of the things I agree with, like the forgiveness of foreclosure and stuff like that, totally get that. Yeah, absolutely. But depending on where you're reading your statistics and how they define a small business, small businesses employ. Somewhere between 70 and um, it's like 78 or something percent. Somewhere between there, and I've, I've seen as high as 85 percent of all people in the United States are employed by small business. Yep. And I seriously doubt any of those small businesses, the owners, are going to be getting any assistance from the federal government or state government. No. Right? You know, so like, my children—they're both working part-time jobs at a small business, and they work at a—it's a frozen yogurt stand, and they're run out of frozen yogurt on Thursday, and they're closing their doors. Don't know if they're ever going to open them again.
0: A lot of businesses are going through that exact same thing, right. whereas—and
1: everyone's in a hiring freeze right now.
0: Oh, oh, absolutely.
1: Right. Yeah, my daughter went on an interview last week week before something like that. She went on an interview. And, you know, she's not going to hear back from them. It was like, you know, a week before we went on uh we we went on vacation. We went out to Georgia. Um before we went out there, she went on a job interview. She's not going to hear back from them. Everyone's in a hiring freeze right now. No one's hiring anybody. You know, and it's just my daughter may get assistance. My son will not because he's a minor. He's not going to get anything. You know, my daughter is not a minor. She's nineteen years old now, so yeah. she she may get some assistance. She may not. I don't know. But the person who owns her business, I don't think is going to get a dime. You know, and she's not the only one.
0: No, I mean, you know, you
1: looked at like, yeah, like a lot of the, the a lot of our favorite restaurants. We like going to the smaller restaurants. We've been, yeah relegated to fast food because the weirdest fucking things are disappearing off the shelves in you know in the grocery stores right thank thank god we can still get meat and if you time it right you can get eggs you know but like pasta and then you get pasta there's nothing yeah there's no pasta on the shelves toilet paper good luck with that yeah you know it's just it's ridiculous. Why are why is everyone hoarding this shit? Well, that's what I don't understand. I
0: don't, I don't understand the hoarding of toilet paper. Or maybe I do. I have no idea. I think that for us, it was every time I go to the grocery store, I swing by to see if there is toilet paper because there's four people living in the house, and it's not that we go through a ton of toilet paper always already as it is. But you
1: know, you're going to go out. <laughs> yeah you know it's going to disappear yeah exactly
0: and like i said last week you were limited to literally two packages and all they had left were literally like the single rolls and you could only buy two now somebody who was there before i was they were able to get a six pack 12 pack whatever 24 pack that counts as one you're only allowed one package once those were gone there was only the single, the the single rolls that were sold. Yeah, and 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 now those are gone. I went last night. Carol had said that if you're in the grocery store, just swing by and see what's there, and if you can, just pick some, just pick something out. Don't fucking hoard it. Obviously. Oh, and speaking about the fuck word, um, I there's also another aspect that I need to share with you. Um, you're not you're not allowed to to take more than two of anything and even with those rules in place at the local supermarkets there's nothing left on the store there's there's no crappy toilet paper there's no crappy facial tissues there's no crappy wet wipes there's nothing nothing at all um you go to the baby aisle and there's still some of the the diaper wipes but they're not a lot left and i'm kind of like how many adults are buying these because not that they have babies but they need butt wipes and they need
1: something to wipe their ass with right
0: um and uh i i I just (sighs) i'm 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 speechless and now the stores are closing hours earlier but they're opening hours earlier just for senior citizens the only people who are allowed in when they open like around six o'clock in the morning, the only people who are allowed there are senior citizens so that they will not be infected by the young folk who may also have the virus. Does that make any sense?
1: Well, yeah. And, and that makes, and when I say that makes sense, that makes sense on multiple things because yeah. people who are older have are at greater risk. And when I say greater risk, I mean, they're more likely to die from it. Now, some things that I've learned about this, there's there's two things going on. Like You'll hear people talk about COVID-19 and you'll hear people talk about the coronavirus. Now, novel coronavirus, it's called novel because it's new. It's a new form of a coronavirus. We've seen multiple coronaviruses before. Right. SARS, for example, is a coronavirus. So is Mars, the respiratory illnesses. And that is the virus you get, but The virus you get isn't what kills you. It's kind of like, if you think of it as HIV versus AIDS, HIV is a virus you get that then gives you AIDS. So you're not dying directly of the coronavirus. What they're dying from is COVID-19. And I used to know what COVID-19 meant. I actually had it written down somewhere, but I don't remember you'll find it. It you'll find it
0: will find it soon so you'll, you'll, prob- you'll probably you'll yeah. probably find it just as soon as we stop recording
1: right exactly so you know it's there's there's things that are happening that are just kind of infuriating for me like I you know I'm, I'm dating someone who's in the healthcare industry a couple of good friends of mine are also in the healthcare industry and the latest thing is um, in the healthcare industry, they have what's called PPE, personal protective equipment. Yeah. And they're running out. Hospitals do not have them anymore. You know? And one friend of mine mentioned that one of his coworkers said, well, if they're not providing the personal care equipment, I'm not coming in. Yes. You know, what's that going to do? You know, and are, why are we experiencing these shortages? Are we experiencing these shortages because people are stealing it? No, you know, well. Is it because people are buying it? Because if it's from people buying it, it's really simple. All the suppliers have to do is not stock anything that isn't a hospital or a Medicare facility. They just don't send any more stock there and say, you're not getting any. We have to prioritize our customers, and right now our customers that are of the highest priority are the healthcare industry. You know? So Do you, I, I don't know why they're disappearing. That's something
0: I would personally like to know. Well, because the thing is, there are so many, there are so many healthcare workers who are working at the hospitals right now and care centers, and they're going through their supplies like crazy. They are supposed to be single use, and they're supposed to be able to get supplies. They don't have a lot of stockpiles because everybody just always assumed like if you run low, just order some more from Amazon or whatever the healthcare equivalent is to Amazon and shipments from China have ceased. So we're using up whatever little stockpiles we have or had without them being replenished. And one of the things that I have heard time and again is that they're reusing Single-use items over and over again. And that's yeah. just, and and, and that's, they, they don't have any choice. They don't have any choice. And
1: one of the articles you sent me was that a, a nurse at Mount Sinai, which is in New York City, actually died of COVID-19.
0: Yeah. So are we just, and so I thought. No
1: well, one's saying anything, but
0: it,
1: honestly, reading between the lines, it's probably because. They do not have the proper equipment to protect
0: them. I'm going to read the headline here as soon as it comes up here. This is from Business Insider, so it's a I consider this a reputable news source. And this was from and that's another thing. Here's the right. here's the other thing. This is from yesterday. We're recording this on Friday, the 27th. This is this was recorded yesterday. Yeah, recorded. This is published yesterday. Nurse dies in New York hospital where workers are reduced to using trash bags as protective medical gear. And there's a picture of them, um, some of the hospital workers in a tent. Um, and it was some of the stuff is like one, one of them is like one of the pictures in this picture. You see this woman, it's like and her um, her outfit has been ballooned out because that means that it's this positive pressure. So, to, God forbid, if anything should happen, if there's any virus that tries to come in the air, the pressure from the outside, from inside, will push it outwards. Um, hopefully. Hopefully. And just reading from from the story here, a nurse who's just doing her job and doing the best she can with what little supplies that they have, you using makeshift gowns protective gear using trash bags and duct tape and they're starting to run out of duct tape and trash bags and they don't they don't want to get infected now this brings up a couple of things that um i have heard from firsthand experience um i can't say her name all i can say is that she's a nurse she's somebody who i've known for years and i just jammed her off a quick Message a messenger, and I asked her how are things going. How are think How are things at work? And she said two words: chaotic and apocalyptic. And I'm kind of like, can, can you elaborate? No, more. Can you elaborate more? And she said, No, because you're a podcaster, and I don't want to lose my job. <laughs> yeah. And um.
1: But that's that's. That's the truth of it. You know, and again, these are conversations that I've had with people I know. And if you're in the healthcare industry, first of all, most people, at least the ones that I know that have gotten into the healthcare industry, genuinely care about these people. They're not there to collect a paycheck. Well, they are, but they're not there just for that reason. They could have chosen other things to do to collect a paycheck. And let's be honest, working in the healthcare industry is not all that lucrative No. in terms of finances. Everyone thinks of doctors as being rich, but the bulk majority of the work is getting done by our nurses and various other people, you know, and they don't make a crap ton of money unless they're working a crap ton of hours, which sounds a lot like most of the rest of the population. Yeah. You know, and... They are now basically being told, like I told you about one hospital where they basically told the workers, um, we need you to work more hours, but we're not paying you to work those hours. Yeah. Which is bullshit. It's bullshit. It's just corporate greed at that point. There's no reason for anyone to be told you have to work more hours and we're not going to pay you the overtime that we are contractually obligated to pay you.
0: Because, There's no reason for that. Because one of the things that's also a news item that's being swept under the rug that people are not talking about or addressing is that the hospitals have run out of money. A lot of the hospitals that are taking care of these patients, they're now operating in the red. and they, yeah,
1: but this is what I don't get. Why? Why are they operating in the red? Are the insurance companies not paying out on claims? I think Why are they I, operating in the red? Because the majority of money that those hospitals make comes from insurance companies, as I understand the finance.
0: Whatever money that they had budgeted for this quarter, they've already blown through. And from what I understand, money that was allocated for next quarter and perhaps the rest of the year has already been spent on overtime and supplies, from what I understand especially some of the local hospitals. You have doctors and nurses who are literally working. Some of them are working 12-hour shifts. Some of them are working 24-hour shifts, and I don't understand how you can do that. So you're... All
1: right, so what happens... All right, let me me just throw this in there. When they say they're working a 24-hour shift, what they mean is they're in the hospital 24 hours. They'll get an hour nap here, an hour nap there. Over the course of that 24 hours, they'll get... A little sleep but not a whole lot and they can do that and maintain that for like two or three days right right? but then they're just exhausted and they have to go to sleep they have to sleep more than that so you know they they have um, what do they call them there's rooms that they use for sleeping it's mostly used by people who are like the on-call residents in a an emergency room situation and stuff like that. Those are the ones that are typically using those rooms. But, like, nurses can use them, any of the staff that is there for extended periods of time, even over an 18-hour shift, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But, again, I mean, with all of these cases coming in, there should be a proportionate increase in Submissions to insurance companies, are so the insurance companies not paying?
0: I have no idea. Yeah. No, I mean, I really don't. I really I really honestly have no idea.
1: And what... the other thing too is like I can see that in some place like New York, which is like has become the hub of an, of the most number of people infected in the United States, or Washington where it hit hardest initially. Or even like LA Chicago, Atlanta—you know the big cities that are where people are densely packed in. Yeah, and then you know, so the spread of it is is much more. It's going to be faster. Social distancing is more difficult when you're in a building with you know 1,400 people than it is when you know you're in a home with four people in it uh, on an acre and a half of land. Let's
0: say. Yeah.
1: Right. So social distancing is actually easier for the people in the rural areas right now than it is for the people who are packed into the cities. Yeah, which again proves my theory that people that we shouldn't be packing so many people in cities. We should be making an effort to have less people in packed into cities. But you know, whatever. That's a rant for another day. Yeah. Um.
0: And and and. and- so, two, pod like, ca- two for example, pod, in
1: the yeah. state of Utah, there's less than a hundred cases in the entire state of Utah. Right. I think we're up to like forty.
0: But you're not, or you know, yeah, like because everybody is spread out over a, yeah, a, so a like, good dis- great deal. In distance. Salt Lake
1: City, in Salt Lake City, there's like three or four hospitals right. in Salt Lake City. Each one of them probably has four or five patients, and then the rest are spread out over right. the rest of the city. So I don't understand, you know, I don't understand hospitals saying we're running out of money. Right. You know, I can understand them being busier and having to pay overtime. I get that. But with that comes an increase in, you know, reaching out and getting payments. So what's what's the true impact of this virus? And I think part of it is because of the social distancing is going to be the economic impact. Our economy is is quickly getting, you know, flushed
0: down the toilet. Well, let's talk about how the economy is getting flushed down the toilet. One of the biggest news items from the past week, and again, this is Eric, uh, this is Jason Kuznia and Eric Runderking Fisk, recording on March twenty seventh, two thousand twenty. This week, the one of the biggest news items until last night. <laughs> we'll get to that is the bailout package and how that they were fighting, meaning that they, the Republicans and Democrats in the House and Senate, were fighting over bailout bills and who's going to get what. And tomorrow morning, which would make it Thursday for you folks, listening to some of the provisions that were in this new bailout bill. And one of the things that frightened and and terrified me and angered me Is that Nancy Pelosi put in all of this pork in this bill that included funding for NPR, PBS? See, now
1: that's that's the kind of shit that pisses me off. Yeah. That's the kind of, this is supposed to be an emergency spending bill to help us get through an emergency situation, right? And I don't care who it is. If it's Nancy Pelosi, if it's Ted Cruz, if it's fucking whomever, anyone who's putting anything in that bill, not directly related to helping out the economy for the people that are impacted, i.e., the hospitals, the medical staff, um, the people who are losing their jobs, even on a temporary basis, who is anything beyond that, I'm sorry, fucking. NPR is going to be doing the exact same goddamn thing throughout this crisis that they've done the past six months. They don't need more money. Well, it's breaking news. Yes, it is. Right. Yes, it is. You're absolutely right, it is. And NPR has handled breaking news of this epic scope without needing more money before, like 9 11. Where was the stimulus package in 9 11 to help out NPR? So clearly they don't fucking need it. Well, yes, yeah, same thing. They don't fucking need it. On you know t- what I mean.
0: On top, so of anyone
1: who's adding pork onto this, it just should not get reelected. Period.
0: This not should have been. This should have been a emergency relief package to help families and small businesses who are in desperate need of help. And who yes. who would or who could argue about that? Honestly, this was supposed to help people who literally need help paying the rent. This is literally for people who need to have money to feed their families because they can't go to work because of the government imposed shutdown. It's not their fault. And for. Right. They
1: didn't do anything for this to happen to them.
0: Son of a bitch. What happened? No, I mean, the thing is, I was just like reading, I was reading some of the headlines here. And it's funny how you listen to the news as it's being presented yesterday morning, talking about how there's all this pork and provisions and how there was all of these things. Whereas like you have companies like Boeing, Boeing is a perfect example of people who did not deserve a bailout. Boeing got a bailout about 11 years ago, and they produced this 73730 uh, Supermax airplane that turned out to be a dud. It, once it was finished, it had a lot of problems. They used a lot of the bailout money for executive, corp, um, executive compensation, corporate bonuses, and stock buyback.
1: Now, in my opinion, if you get a bailout from the government and it goes to the executive bonuses or executive salaries, you're no longer eligible for a bailout from the government for the remainder of the life of the company, period. Period. Yeah. Bailouts should never, never be used to pay the high end. It should always be used on the low end. And if you're getting a bailout and you're using it for executive salaries, that means you're fucking someone over. And therefore you no longer are eligible for any help and assistance from the government. Because apparently you know how to run your company and you're just looking for, you know, extra money put in your own damn pocket.
0: Right. Fuck you. And meanwhile, low income working families who are working for wages in factories making less than $20 an hour probably are not going to see any of this money. Right. Um, is there guaranteed protection to prevent people from being evicted or having their homes um, well, taken are, from them?
1: I remember seeing an article saying that Right now, the banks are forbidden from foreclosing on people if it's their primary residence. So in other words, if you go into foreclosure because you lost your job because of all the shit happening with the coronavirus, and it is your, you only own one home and you're being thrown into foreclosure, the banks are being told you can't do that. You can't put them into foreclosure. But, however, if it's your second home, you own three or four different homes. You're renting out, you know, most of them, and living in one. Yeah. The only one you can't go into foreclosure on is the one you're living in. You can go into foreclosure on all of your rental properties.
0: Right. And what's going to happen to the people who live in those rental properties? We don't know. And we're and
1: well, that's just the, well, that's just it. If you're in foreclosure on them, chances are it's because they're not paying rent.
0: You know what I mean? So they can't be so, evicted, but who, but what what happens to the ownership of those rental properties? We don't know yet. Is the
1: government right, going to take them That's something that's going to be determined at a later date. Go
0: ahead. Sorry, didn't uh, This is also a couple breaking news. This is a breaking news item as we're recording. Um, irate House lawmakers scramble back to Washington and meet fears of coronavirus vote delay. Um... So the the Senate is going to actually vote on one of these bills or the big bill, and they're probably going to hopefully, hopefully they'll gut some of the big pork. Now I said this eleven years ago on the Fedora Chronicles in one of my articles about the uh, the bailouts. Do you remember? Do you remember when AIG, one of the one of the largest. Insurers, yeah, the,
1: the banks too big to fail.
0: Shit. One of the two banks that were too big to fail, and we gave them a couple of what was it billion dollars in a bailout. And the point that I had made is that we should have ownership of AIG now, not we. I mean, yes, the and, and should own AIG. And I know, and I know that some people are going to say that this smells like socialism, but it's too late. Well, it does. It is. It it's. the cat is already out of the bag. You took the bailout money. You took this bailout money. So now we own a little bit of AIG and the government should be able to reinstitute. Well, that's
1: what what happens with, with the uh, auto companies. Remember they got, they got this, they got bailed out and the companies that got bailed out like Chrysler got sold to a foreign country uh, fiat, if I remember correctly, because basically the government said, "Listen, this is what we're going to do. You you got the bailout money now. We're going to sell you. That's the way it should work. Because if you're going to somebody for an emergency loan to help your business survive, that person can put riders and provisions on that loan. That's the way business works. And it doesn't matter if that person you're going to is a financial institution." is a rich relative or if it's the federal government. If the banks took a bailout, took money from the bailout, the federal government, we the people of the United States, should have partial ownership of that bank. And the more they needed it, the more ownership we should have. Plain and simple. And I understand that that's socialism. I get that. But it's socialism because those capitalists fail. Right. So they either... So the federal government has to decide at that point, do we let capitalism take its course where the big banks fail and that smaller banks step up? Or do we take ownership of it and enter into socialism?
0: Honestly. And that's just
1: the way it is. So Honest. if we took that step into socialism, then, hey, the cat's out of the bag. Genie's out of the bottle.
0: You took the money. You took the bailout money. Not only did you take – I mean, you look at all of these banks – and all of these other industries like the airlines and manufacturing companies. Is Chevy going to demand another bailout within the next couple of months because nobody's buying brand new cars from them after they restructured the company and they allegedly, and I don't know how how true this is. They claim that they paid back their loans. I don't know if they did or not. Are they going to ask for another bailout especially after we already bailed them out once and you look at what other companies like Boeing did. And you look at all of these other companies oh, okay. that took the bailout. Okay, now
1: hold on, yeah. hold on. Here's where, here's where I'm going to throw this monkey wrench into the works. So what we're saying is, or what you're saying is, because entity A did a bad thing, entity B cannot benefit from something that entity A asked up on. So by I think that, that logic. Think, hold on.
0: Yeah, by that go, logic ahead. go ahead.
1: By that logic, that's the gun control argument.
0: R- because right.
1: entity A chose to use a gun in commission of a crime, entity B, i.e. me, a private citizen who has never committed a crime, should not own a gun. I disagree with that logic.
0: I do think if that if we're
1: gonna if if the bailout mechanism exists, then it should be, you know, it should be allowed for every company that's out there. And if you take the money and screw it up, now you are no longer eligible for it, but everyone else still is.
0: I think that what really needs to happen is safeguards need to be put in place where you cannot use any of this bailout money for executive compensation and bonuses. I I think I think that you'd be crazy to think that. Oh no, 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 no. You you go ahead. You take some of that money. You go ahead and um you pay your executives a multi-million dollar bonus well meanwhile there are people who are shuttered in in their house they can't leave they can't go anywhere because of this coronavirus um outbreak and the shelter in place order and they can't leave they can't go to work and they're going to lose everything no by all means you take that money you obviously need it more than we do and that's It's it's annoying and it's frustrating how people are saying that we need to prop up these businesses because if these businesses collapse or we're talking about if these businesses collapse, what's going to happen to the economy after this Corona crisis is over? And the question is, what's going to happen to all these people who work at these factories who aren't getting money to take care of the bills, just the basics? I'm not I'm not talking about giving people crazy checks like George W. Bush did after 9-11, where people go and go out and buy widescreen TVs and new Nintendos and Xboxes and PlayStations and stimulate the kind everybody go on a shopping spree and 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 will have it'll stimulate the economy. I'm not I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who are just trying to just pay the rent or just buying food, buying supplies that are needed. Um, right. We should what should we what we, we really should be looking at is reopening factories all over the country and stop importing goods from other countries like China, who
1: got well, it. That's, that's again, that's the long term thing, right? Right. What have we learned from all of this? We have learned that it's OK to be have a multinational um, supply chain. But if you have a single point of failure, that's still a bad thing. Just because your single point of failure is in China doesn't mean that that's a good thing. If you have a single point of failure, that's the problem. It's that you have a single point of failure. It's not that China is your single point of failure or that you know um, the Philippines are your single point of failure. The problem is the single point of failure. You need to have multiple sources where you can get your supplies you need from in order to conduct your business. It's called resiliency. Right your supply chain is not resilient if you're relying upon a single source for it. If you think of it in terms of military applications, right? If you've got people that are way out in front of the main army and there's just one supply chain going to them, the enemy can attack that supply chain, and bam, now those advanced forces are fucked, right? It's the same thought process. If you as a business are relying on a single other business, for a key product then you are wholly dependent upon that other business and what happens to that other business is going to directly affect you so if you have multiple sources you're safer now you're no longer relying upon that one business it's the same concept
0: right like all, like all of our face masks for medical work, should not be made in just one country or just one company like China. Correct. Insulin, pharmaceuticals should not be all made in China. Correct. All of the essentials should not be made in China. Medical supplies should not be made in China. So, and and this well,
1: also, they should be, they can be made in China, but they shouldn't be only
0: no made in not China. all of them. We should be able
1: to get them elsewhere. Right. All of them should be available from multiple sources. You know, even if. Take China out of the picture, right? If all of our insulin, all of the the entire insulin that the U.S. uses is coming from, say, I don't know, 3M. I know they don't make insulin, but whatever. I can't think of another big business. Right. If all of it's coming from 3M, now we as a society cannot afford to let 3M fail. Because how many people depend on insulin for their daily lives? We should be able to source that insulin from multiple places. Whether it's 3M and, I don't fucking know, name of another company, you know, like Insulin is R Us or whatever. You know, wherever you're getting it, we should have multiple sources. Now that's healthy for business for a number of reasons. One, you no longer have a single point of failure. Two, you now cannot get price gouged because if company A, that you're relying on 100% for your product suddenly says, all right, well, you know what? You've been paying us $2 per shot for this insulin. We now want six per shot for this yeah. insulin. That's three times what you were charging us. Oh, well, yeah, we know. But, you know, expenditure, cost, blah, 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 give an excuse, whatever. Regardless, if, you only, if they're your only source, you have no choice, but you've got to fork out that money. Yeah. If you have multiple sources... And company A says, yeah, we're going from $2 a shot to $6 a shot. Okay, we're going to reduce our order from 3,000 units to 1,000 units. So, And now you go to someone else and say, hey, we've been paying you $2 a shot. We'll increase our business with you by 30% or 50% if you give us a 25 cents a shot break and go to the other company out the same deal. You know what? Both those other companies are going to be like, sure, we'll do that. You're increasing your order by half, and you want us to reduce your cost by, you know, seven percent, seven and a half percent. Sure, we'll take that, because now they're making more money.
0: Yeah, I've just found this article from Forbes, and I wish I had found it sooner. Um I'm going to read the title here, and this is published. How long ago was it published? It was published late yesterday morning this is from forbes is there wasteful spending in the corona stimulus bill and i'm not going to um insult the author's name by trying to mispronounce his last um his last name um i'm just going to read off just a couple of these things i'm going to read off as much as i can until you tell me to stop or people start um falling asleep behind the wheel while listening to us $25 $25 million in the Senate bill went to the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts in Washington, D.C. Why? I don't know. I'm just going to read these off to you. Oh, by the way, the um, Kennedy Center already has total assets of uh, $557 million already. Uh, let's see. $75 million in the state bill funded the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Uh let me see here. Um, Nancy Pelosi, the Na- Nancy Pelosi bill um, allocated $300 million. So that's that's a sharp decline from the Senate bill, from Nancy Pelosi's bill. $1.2 billion in the Pelosi bill uh, to require airlines to purchase, purchase expensive, quote, renewable, unquote, fuel.
1: Um, Again, what does that have to do with the virus?
0: You tell me. I don't know. I'm just a podcaster in New Hampshire. Uh, let's see here.
1: This is, this, is, this is what causes people to have blood shoot out of their eyes and oh, rage.
0: Oh, Jay, it's, because it's yeah.
1: It's, it's ridiculous. There are people fucking dying. There are people who are going to be going into serious financial risk, and you want to give a shit ton of money to your special interest group.
0: Jay, it actually gets better. Five hundred million in the Pelosi bill to the Institute of Museum and Library Services. I can kind of see that since everybody is using the libraries and museums online now. No, they're not. I'm, no, they're not. They're I'm sarcasm. Sarcasm, Jay. Sarcasm, Jay. Yeah. Sorry. Six hundred million in the Pelosi bill went to the National Endowment of the Arts and the Humanities. Here we go. Eighty-eight million in the Peace Corps for. Evacuating volunteers and U.S. direct hires from overseas: two hundred and fifty million in the Eternal Revenue hey, well, hold on.
1: Service. That I, that I can actually see.
0: What for 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 pulling people out of other countries around the world for the Peace Corps? You yeah, think? Okay, that I can actually see. Okay, I'm not sure if I agree with the eighty-eight million, but what do I know? I'm just a podcaster from yeah, New Hampshire.
1: I, I don't exactly. I, I don't know about the the amount, but I I agree with okay. With, you know they. If they need help, we can help them.
0: Two hundred and fifty million to the Internal Revenue Service. No. Three hundred and fifty million to the State Department for quote migration and refugee assistance. You can make an argument
1: not, for that. We're not. We're not accepting my, um, We're not accepting refugees right now. We are one step away from a state of emergency. We are
0: not. No, no, we're in uh, We're in in a state of an emergency. We're in a state of an emergency. I'll tell you more about that later here. okay. this funding would help minimize the virus's spread among vulnerable populations. The Pelosi bill earmarked only 300 million for that. 400 million to the Federal Election Assistance Commission to assist the states with election security grants. Nope. but that's that's down from the four <laughs> that's from that's down from the four billion nancy pelosi wanted 300 i'm sorry 30.8 billion in the department of education for state fiscal stabilization funds that grant that provide grants to support elementary and secondary education on um, the pelosi bill asked for 50 million so and the article does go on with some some I don't other know, minor but the details. public school thing, I kind of. I understand the public school things. If you're not, if you're not, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that if the Kennedy Center is getting all it, why, why does the Kennedy Center get all Kennedy of this money? Kennedy
1: Center shouldn't be getting shit. Right. They shouldn't be getting a damn thing. And what is the Kennedy Center doing to help with the virus? Well, the are services. <laughs> so.
0: What's the point of it all?
1: Right. You know what they should do? They should, it, by that same logic, they should give a, a shit ton of money to Netflix. Yeah. Using that same logic. They should give a bunch of money to Netflix and Hulu and fucking Amazon Prime. Although, fuck Jake, Jeff Bezos. Seriously.
0: No, he's asshole. not my type. He's not my type. I also want to talk about a article about Je- uh, Jeff I Bezos. To my I car up his
1: ass sideways. Okay. He fucking, did you see that? He asked for, um, he was, Sent the, basically outcry to help the people that work for him. Yes, he wants everyone else to donate money to help the people. That and work that's for actually him. in our show notes. You're the richest man in the goddamn world.
0: I'm going to read this headline here really quick here, so people know what Jay is talking about here. Where did I? Where did I send that? Did I say? Uh, is that a text?
1: I saw it multiple places, and you sent it to me. I think on the phone, in a text message. I think. But I've seen this, this, is, this is
0: this is from Mint News. And speaking of Mint News, Whitney Webb has agreed to um, do the podcast. All I have to do is just make arrangements with her. So hopefully, we'll get that. Oh, that's fantastic. Jeff Bezos, the world's richest man, wants your donations to help Amazon employees. I read a statistic somewhere that he makes about $250,000 a minute or an hour. Right,
1: right. He can afford to help his own employees. I'm sorry.
0: This is from Mint News by Alan McLeod. And this is from March 23rd of this year. Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos, the world's richest cent billionaire centibillionaire, a man who vies with Bill Gates for the title of the, the planet's richest individual, is asking for public donations to provide basic support to his eight 100,000 employees who are suffering in poverty in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, Bezos announced. We are establishing the Amazon Relief Fund with a $25 million initial contribution focused on supporting independent delivery service partners and their drivers. Amazon Flex participants and the seasonal employees under financial duress during this challenging time. The fund will also support both employees and contractors around the world that face economic hardship due to natural disasters and unforeseen personal circumstances. Those who qualify... Hold on, did they
1: say 800,000 employees? Yep. God damn.
0: Amazon, the company Amazon. (laughs) Amazon. As a company, the Amazon company, not the rainforest, is yeah. worth nearly one trillion dollars.
1: Yeah, but I didn't know they had that many employees. That's kind of shocking to me. I've heard that I've heard that they're worth nearly a trillion dollars. I've yeah. heard that before, but He's, I didn't realize they had eight hundred thousand employees.
0: Yeah, according to yeah, that's
1: almost that. That uh, go ahead, continue.
0: Um, according to this article, and I'm quoting, a man worth over a hundred billion who makes on average two hundred and thirty thousand dollars per minute, calling on the public to help his own impoverished employees was not met well by many. Amazon itself is worth one trillion dollars, like we already said. Some felt Bezos himself was in better position than others, especially members of the public. Also economically hit by the COVID-19 pandemic to help his staff, you would think that he would write a check to all of his own employees who are in desperate need. If it wasn't for his employees, I don't mean to get all Barack Obama on this. Okay?
1: Well, no, but it's a valid point. If it wasn't for them, he wouldn't be where he is. He should show a little fucking appreciation.
0: You didn't make that. Somebody else made that happen. I had to get it out there. If it wasn't for Jeff Bezos' employees, he wouldn't be worth a couple of billion dollars.
1: Yeah, he really wouldn't. His employees did all of the work, and now he's like, someone else needs to help him. As he's sitting there in a Scrooge McDuck fucking vault swimming in
0: gold coins. Oh, here the, here we go. And this is also something I need to read. Furthermore, the company is notorious as a bad employer, forced, forced to forego bathroom breaks. Many company warehouse workers are effe- effectively compelled to, quote, wear diapers, unquote, during their shifts. Other employees report working in unsafe environments and being punished for injuries sustained on the job. The company also does not provide its employees with regular access to clean water.
1: See, that's just fucking what the hell. Jeff, you're giving all capitalists a bad name, dude.
0: He, I mean, he is Jeff Bezos is a bit of a prick. If he is actually begging the public to help his employees. And it,
1: I find it amusing you say a bit of a prick when I'm thinking fucking asshole. But Okay, go
0: ahead. Well, I mean, let's not split hairs here. I do okay. want to segue to the other asshole of the week. And I think that okay. that, that should be a regular segment on our podcast. Asshole of the, the asshole week. Asshole of the week. Asshole of the week for the week of March 28th, 2020 goes to... Should we have a drum roll? We're going to skip the drum roll because the drum roll Let's is
1: skip the drum roll for now. We got to get a sound bite of a drum roll. We can insert
0: Joe Biden. Joe Biden is the right. Federal Chronicles radio show's asshole of the week.
1: And not because he's a Democrat running for president. Either. No,
0: because former assholes of the week include people like Donald Trump. All one right. of the one of the one of the reasons why. Joe Biden is such an asshole is because of the audio clip that I had sent you from Katie Halper's. Oh my God. Do you want to talk about this? I want, I want, what did you hear okay, so from the perspective of, of, I got, yeah, I got
1: angry. I got angry. So for those who don't know, um, I'm sure Eric's going to put it in the the notes, we'll put a link in the notes. Tracy Alburn has an interview with uh, a woman, Tara, I forget where her last name is, who was the first accuser
0: that we know a year
1: ago, first person to accuse Joe Biden of sexual harassment. I have to listen to that interview because she actually goes into explicit detail on what Joe Biden did. And the worst thing he did the worst thing he did was after he was done sexually assaulting her, he put his finger in her face and said, you are nothing to me. No one, no human being on Earth under any circumstances should have that said to them. It's especially a, not by someone they admire.
0: It's a difficult but listen you, to. It's a, yeah, it's a difficult it, listen to.
1: It, it is, but it's worth a listen to.
0: Um, I'm not it's gonna I, i'm not I'm not going to play it on the podcast i I'd like to um, uh,
1: let's give Tracy the traffic
0: we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna actually post the link to Katie helper's soundcloud page um and hopefully we can get her on the podcast as well um but the do a a quick search and I'm actually like looking for I don't want to actually play um, her name is Tara Tara Reed R E A D E. I don't know if you pronounce that Tara Reed. Yeah, I think so. I
1: don't. I don't know. That is uh, just yeah. <sighs> creepy. Joe Biden just got worse. Is what it boils
0: well, down to. The worst part of the worst part about this story here, and I'm actually looking at this. She said that this happened back in 1993. This happened is this, this happened even before he became vice president? Well, he was still a senator, and he was still doing right. his call. He was, I think he, I think even back then he was doing his call in to Don Imus's show. Um, there's a lot of other news items that really actually sort of made me sick here. Um, but the simple fact of the matter is is that as as far back as 1993, Joe Biden had been accused of doing some pretty disgusting things. This is not even the inappropriate touching of other people in public. Joe Biden, Joe Biden is a predator. There's just no way around it. Joe Biden is a predator, and Joe Biden is,
1: Weinstein proportion.
0: He is a predator. In the same category as somebody as Jeffrey Weinstein, according to these other people, because if you actually do a Google search and you could do it right now, I know you can. Um, Joe Biden accusers, um, and there's there's a, there is a. Um, there are a couple of links, like Lucy Flores. Do a search of Lucy Flores. Who is Lucy Flores, and why should we care about her story? Jeez. New York Times. Who is Lucy Flores? It, oh, let's see, the woman accusing of Joe Biden of kissing her.
1: Lucy Flores.
0: Lucy Flores. This is this is um, from March thirty first. Oh, this is this is almost a year ago. Yep. March 31st, 2019, Lucy Flores, a former Nevada State Assemblywoman, published an essay Friday in which she described Joseph R. Biden Jr. touching her inappropriately and kissing her on the hand during a Democratic campaign rally in 2014 when he was vice president.
1: So Lucy Flores, Amy Lafos, D.J. Hill, Caitlin Caruso, Allie Call, Sophie Karasak, Vale Conert Yount, Alexandra Tara Reed. Wow,
0: there's a lot of them.
1: And here's the thing: how sure do you have to be that no one is going to say anything if you're going to do something off color in public?
0: Who knows? You'd you have know to be—you'd I mean? have to be a pretty powerful person to believe that you could behave like that. And get yeah. away with it. That's pretty awful. That is pretty dreadful.
1: Yeah. It's just
0: horrible. The, the idea that he sneaks up behind women and smells their hair. Like grabs a handful of their hair. Yeah. and that's who, And that's who Tom Perez wants to be. President of the United States. That is that is that is pretty messed up. That's pretty bothersome. So I'm wondering how we're going to oh leave gosh. the awkward listen, silence listen,
1: in. Listen listen. Biden this is in regards to Vail and I'm I'm reading this from a website called The Cut.
0: Funny, and, I'm I'm reading that and, same exact page.
1: Yeah. And they're talking Vail Connor Yelt said Biden quote put his hand on the back of her head and pressed his forehead to her forehead. When he introduced himself. What does that when you say hello to somebody?
0: What do you want to say about that? What and I want to actually see if I can find the the clip. I want to see if I can actually find the because I want to make I want to make this woman famous here. Lindsay Tucker said earlier today in response to somebody else posting about this joe biden was in no way credibly accused of sexual assault just stop and
1: and listen to what tara Reid says you go to that interview
0: and then you go back and you find lindsey tucker's posts calling out conservative men who were accused of doing the same thing or worse because if you're, if you're a Republican and you're accused of doing something like this, say, what's the name of that Supreme Court judge who, uh, Kavanaugh, what the, Brett Kavanaugh. Right. He was accused of doing something pretty um, horrific. Automatically, you believe her. Automatically, women are supposed to believe her because the accused is a Republican. Joe Biden who has a history of creepy behavior. There's no way. There's no way that he could have sexually assaulted somebody. Lindsay Tucker on, on, uh, on Twitter, at Lindsay Tucker 8 on Twitter, doesn't believe this woman's story.
1: So much for the believe women.
0: Well, no. I mean, the thing is, is that you, be- you believe women,
1: Unless they are accusing the person that you politically support, which is just bullshit. You're either believing them or you're not. And if you're not believing them all, then you're not believing any of them. It's just like it's the same principle behind the First Amendment, freedom of speech. Right. If you're not protecting the speech you don't like, you're not protecting all speech. No. It's just that really that simple. You have to protect the speech you don't like as much as the speech you do. We have to let the racists and homophobes have their say in a public forum so that we can all look at them and go, you suck. you know. And the other thing, just if you need to believe all women, then you should believe all women. If you think every woman's accusations should be, investigated, then all of them should be investigated. Your politics shouldn't come into it. Yeah. But I will say this. I believe every woman has a right to be heard. They need to have, they have a right to be heard. They have a right to have their say. And then an investigation should be performed.
0: Plain but but here's the problem, Jay. That's just
1: how I see it.
0: Here's, here's a story from yesterday, March 6th. The Intercept, this is from Democracy Now. Time's Up Legal Defense Fund refused to support hashtag MeToo sexual assault allegations against Joe Biden. The Intercept is reporting that Time's Up Legal Defense Fund set up to help survivors of rape and sexual assault refused to fund a MeToo investigation into the allegations against Joe Biden. The charges were brought up by Tara Reid, who worked as a staff assistant for then Senator Biden in 1993 when she was in her mid 20s. Reid told journalist Katie Helper in the interview that we'll be linking to on our I'm interjecting here, obviously, on our show page for the Federal Chronicles radio show published Tuesday that Biden repeatedly touched her without her consent and then sexually assaulted her. A warning to listeners and viewers, her account is graphic from Tara Reed. And then his hands were on me and underneath my clothes. And then, yeah, he went. He went down my skirt, but then up inside and he penetrated me with his fingers. Reed approached the Times Up Legal Defense Fund in January looking for assistance, but was reportedly told the fund could not help her because Joe Biden is a candidate for federal office. And... P- and pursuing a cape could jeopardize the fund's nonprofit status. The intercept reported the public relations firm representing Times Up Legal Defense Fund is SKD Kickenbacker, whose managing director Anita Dunn is a top advisor to Biden's political campaign. Why the fuck are you not fucking pissed? Jeez,
1: that's just that. You know. <clears throat>
0: Here's here's what you have to look forward to come November. You can choose to uh, vote for an accused rapist who happens to be a Republican or an accused rapist who happens to be a Democrat. By the way, they're both over the ages of 70 and one of them, or if not both of them, have signs of early onset dementia. Yeah. Or other mental problems.
1: Yeah. Hold on. There's also Bernie. He hasn't dropped out yet, but I'm aware of.
0: As far as I know, I don't think that Bernie Sanders has been accused of any sexual assault that I know of.
1: Well there is right. No, but that's what I'm saying is that the only other option in this would be Bernie Sanders. You've got your choice between two rapists and Bernie Sanders.
0: Uh, and then I have to talk you know what about I mean? then I have to talk about the elephant in the room. Then there's, something, there's something that we already have to talk about. God, I don't want to talk about okay. this. Please, dear God, don't make me talk about this. I have to, though. Fuck. This is very hard. Okay. I said that I was going to stay with Tulsi Gabbard to the bitter end. Yeah. That no matter what happened, we would we would we would support Tulsi Gabbard no matter what happened and, and dropped out. Well, another podcaster had convinced me to talk about this. Okay. All right. Um, we've been listening. We've been following Tulsi Gabbard since she announced her campaign. What was it? A year ago, listening yeah. to everything, everything that she had said on Various podcasts like Joe Rogan, Jimmy Dore. She's a powerful speaker. She's a wonderful role model. She said all the right things for people like ourselves. The Biggest thing of all is that she's anti-corruption and she's anti-interventionalist wars, Um, which is a big, huge deal for me because I, like many other people, like to ask, what the fuck are we doing in these other wars? What the fuck are we doing in places like Afghanistan? Why are we getting involved in these interventionist wars if it's not about the oil? Then that's not a hard question to ask. And I don't think it's an easy question to answer. I know it's complicated. And I know that we have interests all around the world that we have to protect. And um, there are there are dangerous regimes that want to do harm to the United States. And I get that. I'm not sure if... I am fully on board with a lot of the um, preemptive strikes. I'm not, I, my opinion has evolved over that. And I liked what Tulsi Gabbard had to say. And I listened to her um, at, a, at, a, um, at a housewarming party or a house party for Tulsi Gabbard. And Tulsi Gabbard and I spoke for at least five minutes talking about these issues. And um, and I was enamored with her campaign and enamored with the way that she actually spoke and how she went up against her own party going as far back as 2016 when she saw what was going on with the Bernie Sanders campaign and how he was sabotaged because Hillary Clinton bailed them out after their coffers were, de- were depleted. And she, Tulsi Gabbard, um quit as co-chair of the DNC and publicly denounced the DNC for what they did to Bernie Sanders and what they've been doing to other candidates. Because if you are not willing to bend at the knee and kiss the feet and lick the toes of Hillary Clinton, you're done. You're done in the DNC. You're done. And Hillary Clinton has been accused of doing some... Maybe not illegal, but immoral stuff, even within the DNC. I'm just talking within the DNC. Donna Brazil wrote a brilliant book called Hacks. you got to read it if you were interested about what happened from the perspective of inside the DNC party. One of the things that I admired about Tulsi Gabbard is that Tulsi Gabbard said that she was going to stay in the campaign until the absolute bitter end. She was going to stay in no matter what. She was in it to win it then about a week ago in the midst of the covid virus hysteria scare i don't even think it's appropriate to call it is it is it a hysteria is some of the fear justified yes are some people going yeah. over are some people going overboard by drinking um aquarium cleaner and hoping to cure their um covid infection absolutely not i think that i let's let history Decide for itself. Gotcha that. Okay. I believed in Tulsi Gabbard. I I really believed in Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard broke my heart when she did that video saying that she was going to drop out of the race and she was going to endorse Joe Biden. And I was angry and I was infuriated, but I'm not going to be sour grapes. We tried really hard with her campaign to get her on the show. Um, I almost
1: succeeded by the way
0: we almost succeeded we, uh, we've we came very close I yeah, and did. all the things that Tulsi Gabbard says she believes in I still believe in I still believe in the things that Tulsi Gabbard said I can go back into listen to her podcasts that she did with other people like Jimmy Dore and Joe Rogan and say I still believe that that's what I still believe and I hope she still believes it too I really have a serious problem with her endorsement of Joe Biden. Joe Biden is everything she says that she's against within the DNC. And now this. I'm not saying that Tulsi Gabbard knew in advance that this was going to happen. I'm not saying that somehow Tulsi Gabbard is somehow culpable. I can't help but wonder how Tulsi Gabbard feels today after listening to what Katie Helper has published on her own podcast. I, I, I don't know what to say. Um, I am angry and disappointed in Tulsi Gabbard for indor- endorsing Joe Biden. I understand that one of the reasons why she didn't endorse um, Bernie Sanders is that Bernie Sanders basically ignored her and pretended that um, she didn't exist when everybody else had dropped out because Bernie Sanders was saying, there's only two people left in the race. When there wasn't, there was three. Um yeah. and apparently, according to a tweet by Tulsi Gabbard's brother Ty, Tulsi Gabbard's people tried to reach out to Bernie Sanders, and Bernie Sanders people did not return the call. And now her brother is dialing that back saying, you know, I'm sorry I spoke out, I misspoke out of turn, I was angry for my sister, The blah 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 blah. I don't know what to right. believe. I don't know what to believe. I will say this, though, Jay. I'm not voting for Joe Biden. People are going to freak out and say, oh, you're going to vote for Trump? No, I'm not going to vote for Donald Trump either. I don't know who I'm going to vote for in this November, but I know who I'm not voting for. I'm not voting for Joe Biden, and I'm not voting for Donald Trump. And and I feel, I'm angry. I'm a man without a political party. I don't have a political home.
1: Well, And also, don't feel represented by any of the people that are currently running. Now, Trump does not represent my interests. Biden sure as hell doesn't represent my interests, you know, and that to me anyway, that, that's kind of what really sucks the most.
0: I don't know what to say.
1: And I think the fix is in that Bernie's not going to, he's not going to get the
0: nod. I, th- I think it's rigged against Bernie Sanders.
1: I think it always has been.
0: And now they're looking at Andrew Cuomo for taking over for Bernie Sanders.
1: All right. I don't get that. Why?
0: Because he has been hosting some really great press conferences these past couple of weeks.
1: Andrew Cuomo, mayor of New York City.
0: Yeah, is he the is he the mayor or the governor of New York?
1: I forget. You know Those what? Two positions seem to always blur together very very frequently.
0: Andrew Cuomo is the governor of New York State. His father Mario was a, is a former. Um, uh,
1: okay, uh, that's who I was confusing him right.
0: with. Right, so Andrew Cuomo andrew mark cuomo is the, is an american politician author lawyer and is serving as the 56th governor of new york since 2011. a member of the democratic party he was elected to the same position his late father mario cuomo held for three terms so there you go and chris cuomo fredo is um, he's an anchor on uh, CNN.
1: Yes, CNN, MSNBC, or something
0: like that. CNN?
1: Yeah. At least there's no political dynasties.
0: No, there's no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Do a quick Google search of him flipping out um, on people who call him Fredo. Oh, man. Yep just do a quick search Chris Cuomo Fredo Heckler so I have I have no idea what to say until we, you know um i I would I would love to be able to and we're never going to get here's the thing We're never going to get Tulsi Gabbard on the podcast as far as I know I would yeah, have probably not. I would have um. And I don't think that she's going to have us on our on her podcast either. Um, the right. one the one thing that I'll say about the whole thing is is that I really wish that Tulsi Gabbard's people would just have come out and said we're not a good fit. I'm sorry, you've done a lot of interviews and a lot of episodes of your podcast about the paranormal. It would be detrimental to Tulsi Gabbard's campaign. I I would totally understand.
1: Oh right, exactly.
0: Right, exactly. Um and i'm and and i am still facebook friends with some of the people on her campaign um if she if she runs again and this is a big huge if this is a huge problem jay and tell me if i'm being too petty um i don't know if i could support tulsi 4 years from now if
1: well i think it would depend for me it would depend on the, what happens in those 4 years right so why did she why did she support put her support to biden is it because he offered her a position in the cabinet is it because she's pissed off at bernie what is she going to do for the next four years because as far as i know she's still a senator
0: congresswoman Uh, congresswoman yeah and and the thing is is that um she's not running for reelection for congresswoman in hawaii she dropped out of the race so that she could devote all of her time and attention to um, running for president
1: to her presidential campaign. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I got to give her kudos for that. Yeah. So to me, it all depends on what she does with the next four years. You know, if she's out there and she's pulling hard for Biden, then I'm going to have a very difficult time supporting her for president. If she runs in four years, cause I have very serious doubts as to Biden's electability. He's popular. He seems to be popular with the rank-and-file Democrats, but then once you get outside that, I don't know how much support he's going to have because you know damn well, well, maybe Trump won't bring up his creepy Joe Biden-ness because, let's be honest, that's Trump's problem too. And it could be detrimental for both of them, although I don't see Trump as acknowledging that in any way because he can't acknowledge anything negative about himself. So, yeah, I don't know.
0: I have. I to me. It
1: all depends on future actions. You know. Go ahead.
0: I. I. I have no idea. I have no idea what to say about um our support of Tulsi Gabbard in the light of all of this. Um, I'm. 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 I'm angry and upset at Tulsi for what she did for indo- endorsing Joe Biden because endorsing Joe Biden delete um diluted her message and everything that she said that she was for and all the reasons why she was running for president is no longer valid after endorsing right
1: but did she sell out or is that you know is there some sort of political expediency going on because if she's if she's doing it because she's got the vp nod that I can understand. And for political reasons, I can, I can get why she did it. Um, cause let's be honest, Joe Biden, he, even if he gets elected president, I doubt he's going to go for reelection, not because of, um, political reasons, but because health reasons. I just, I just don't see it. If he does have onset dementia, which we're appear to be facing with Trump as well, then I just don't see, I don't see him going for reelection, realistically, which means whoever the VP is is the de facto candidate. And if she's the VP, then she would be the de facto candidate in four years.
0: Because Carol had sent us, and this is why I love my wife. My wife is always thinking about me and our podcast, which reminds me I need to go out and buy her flowers because I didn't leave enough gas in the Ford Flex before she left this morning. Um, and I wish I had sent you this leak, uh, this, Leah, this leak, um,
1: <laughs> Link.
0: let me just see here. Um, Chardonnay, smoking loon preferred, Cheerios, PB and chocolate, salsa, TP, if you can find it, and ice cream. Are you out yet? Did you stop at the store? No, I'm sorry. That's the wrong text. I'm sorry here. <laughs> scrolling, scrolling, scoring. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. You've got to read what Joe Biden says, and this is this is just before the morning of um Katie Helper's interview. There's no date on this, Harrison. There's Harrison. There's no date on this. There's no date on this story. I can't verify how true it is because it's well, it's from NBC News biden has talked with obama about possible v vice president pick biden told georgia donors his nominee would have to be prepared to step into the top job immediately democratic presidential frontrunner joe biden said sunday that he has talked with former president barack obama about a potential vice president pick speaking to over 70 georgia donors on a fundraising call biden said he and obama recently agreed that his vice presidential nominee must have the political experience to step in as president if he was unable to serve the most important thing and i have already talked to barack about this the most important thing is that there has to be somebody who the day after they're picked is prepared to be the president of the united states if something happens biden said without mentioning names yeah Go ahead.
1: So that seems to me to mean that um, he knows he knows something's going on with his health that he has not admitted. You know what I mean? It also means that it's probably someone who was already campaigning to be president,
0: and he promised that he would pick a woman.
1: So that that brings it down to what three women that were running.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, four. Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, Kamala Harris, and our own darling Tulsi, Tulsi Gabbard. If you, were to say, if you were to say to me, Tulsi Gabbard is running for vice president and Tulsi Gabbard will become president the day after the inauguration, the day after Joe Biden is sworn into office, he'll resign due to health reasons, and and Tulsi Garibaldi will be president of the United States. Would I vote for Joe Biden? I can say this with an absolute certainty. I don't fucking know. Right? I don't know.
1: Now, here's the other thing. Joe Biden, again, Joe Joe Biden saying that, that's that's a tough thing for him to say. He's essentially admitting that he may not be fit for president.
0: I don't know what to say about that.
1: Oh, well, I don't either.
0: The idea that he admits that he is so sick. That, that to me is amazing. He's willing to admit yeah. that he knows that he's sick. He knows that he might be dying. I would bet a bottle of Kraken rum. Oh, boy. I bet you a, a bottle of Kraken rum, based on everything that I've read, written by other pundits who are obviously much smarter than me on this topic, that um, Joe Biden will pick somebody like Chris Cuomo. And and, and Chris. Cuomo, I thought he
1: promised that he was going to pick out a woman. Pick a woman, though. Oh wait a minute, that might still work. I'm kidding. I'm no,
0: kidding. no, I, I honestly, I can actually see Joe Biden saying, well, you know, with everything that's going on, you know, I'm sorry. I, I see within a month or two, Joe Biden dropping out and giving. Can he do this? Can he give his delegates away to another? No.
1: The delegates would have to revote.
0: We're looking at a contested convention then.
1: Yep. That's exactly right, which means very likely another four years of Trump.
0: You ought to be upset. Not happy. You ought to be upset. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. You ought to be upset. With everything that's going down here, I want to read. I just went over to the Drudge Report. Just want to read a couple of headlines. Lightning around here. The, um... Military withhold information, infection data from national security. Navy ship confines crew. We're fucked. Carrier outbreak sends troops scrambling. Army asks retired soldiers in the health care field to come back. Cases hit two largest cities differently. Boomerang. Now China bars interest in entry to foreigners. Let me see here. Oh there's oh but wait there's more we here. We still
1: don't know. We they've shut down all communications, effective communications. We have no idea what they're doing. They're saying that you know, oh we've got it under control. But if so, they're the only country in the world that does outside of possibly Germany.
0: We're now talking about um, reading some of these headlines. South Africa begins unprecedented unprecedented military patrolled lockdown. Mar- Merkel pleads with Germans for patients, fear of alcoholism, addiction in confinement. Singapore may jail people who stand too close. With obesity and diabetes epidemic, Mexico breaks down. Quote, "She just had a cough unquote: "Teens, death shakes France. Paris hospitals near breaking point." So the thing is is that this thing, this virus is spreading everywhere. And governments are in a panic. Hospitals are breaking down. I got, this one, um, I got this one tweet from somebody. Somebody sent this to me and I retweeted it after they tweeted it to me. This is from a nurse. Um, I'll post this on our show page. I don't know who will see this. I worked 12 hours in an ER today. We intubated five patients. Four people died seasoned nurses were found holding and crying hiding and crying in storage rooms i'm literally in a war zone and the battle has only just begun the front line is failing you guys are on your own now that's from that's from another nurse so i don't mean to be mr doom and gloom we're almost an hour and a half into this podcast i don't mean to be mr doom and gloom but when i realized what's going on when I saw what was going on, I was thinking about this episode and what we're going to talk about today. Um, I'm really having a very hard time believing that, that we'll bounce back to normal. I have not felt
1: there will be, there won't be a bounce. It'll take a while. And I honestly don't think there will, it'll be a new normal. It won't be what it's been. No, the world is changed. Yeah. We just don't know how yet. Because we're still in the change, we're not through the change yet.
0: There's also another breakout of the H1N1 virus in China that was news about a week or so ago. But I I didn't want to close the show with this, but I kind of feel as if I have to. This is from Newsweek last week, March 18th. This is from Newsweek, exclusive inside the military's top secret plans if coronavirus cripples government what if all the constitutional successors are incapacitated standby orders were issued more than three weeks ago to protect Washington and also prepare for the possibility of some form of martial law? So, yeah, but that's,
1: that's standard operating procedure. Okay. They did the same thing with nine 11. Sure. They did the same thing with uh, the last viral outbreak, I forget which which it was—SARS or H one N one. Yeah, they, that's standard procedure. The government has to protect itself. That's why they've got plans for a zombie apocalypse, vampire <laughs> outbreak, and all right. that other crazy shit. No,
0: seriously. No, I do. know, I know. I'm, not, I'm seriously do. I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because <sighs> it's funny. I, I it's. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, do you want me to lie to you? Um, I'm, I'm not good at, I mean, ask Carol, I'm not good at lying. <laughs> what do you want me to say?
1: Yeah. yeah right. Stop. Being I don't angry know, with me. One of those things that this is one of those things that people are going to freak out about, but it's just a standard operating procedure.
0: Uh, well, of course, of course, course, of course, they're going to have provisions put in place. You read the article, and it's a scary article about imposing martial law.
1: Nobody... Well, martial law is something to be, just to be afraid of. But at the same time, this is the kind of shit reporting that kind of ticks me off because you're not helping the situation.
0: It's a little clickbaity. How
1: me. is this helping anybody? Well, exactly. It's clickbaity, but it's also... Um, not comforting anybody. We need we need more news that's comforting at this stage. We don't need to have a bunch of people out there saying shit like, you know, talking out of their ass, you know? The more honest reporting and honestly hopeful because nothing is going to hurt us more than if people don't... If people don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. You know? The one thing I would say that's different from now in nine eleven is we saw a light at the end of the tunnel. There was a yeah. purpose. There was a goal. There was an enemy. And now all we're hearing is doom and gloom. And you can find, there there are articles out there that are like, there's, you know... This group is working on a cure. They're trying this out. They're trying that out. We're still months away from human trials. Right. We're still months away from anything realistic. But if, at least if you can find those articles, at least those articles are um, are out there. They exist. I just wish they were more front and center. I wish there was more news organizations out there that were willing to say, um, look, this is what's happening. This is what's going on. It's not all bad. You know, most people are going to survive getting the virus. Not everyone who gets the virus is going to die. Like for example, that nurse in Mount Sinai, the reason why that nurse died, 48 years old, the reason why that nurse died is probably because their immune system was compromised from exhaustion because working extra hours and all of that. If you're Even if you're into your 50s and you're healthy, you have very little to fear from this virus. Are you going to get sick? Yes. Is it going to suck? Yes. Chances are you're going to survive it though. Not everyone will. You know, there's teenagers that are dying most people that are dying, even the elderly are doing so because they are otherwise unable to combat it. And even if we get a vaccine, it's going to be a vaccine for prevention. It's not going to be a vaccine that's a cure.
0: No, but with all the, with all the news stories that we've been talking about today, um, do you think the faith in our institutions are collapsing? And do you think that yes. our institutions, you said yes.
1: Yes, I did. I think, I think faith right now is very low in any of our institutions, be they the medical industry or the government. Right now, faith is really low. I would be shocked if we had a good turnout for the election. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a shit turnout. It's going to be one of them historic low turnouts for election. Yeah. In part because... People are afraid of gathering in large, in large things, in large groups, right? That's going to feed part of it. But also what's going to feed part of it is the fact that everyone's like, it doesn't matter who we vote in. No one has a fucking plan on how to deal with shit.
0: No, no, but no nobody does. I don't think anybody knows how we can get out of this and restore faith into our institutions. I mean, the one, like we started the show, we were talking about the the corona bailout. And how there's so little money for, like, there's a one-time check for, like, $1,500. And maybe maybe working families may not even qualify for it. And there's all of this bailout money for all of these other corporations and, and, and whatnot. Yes. Yeah. And it was just like, and you look at it, this is, like, this is the time when uh, the government should be saying, we're here to help and we're going to do everything we can. People didn't choose to stay home. Do you think that I actually right. want my sons be to be stuck here at home and and not go out and socialize with their friends? Do you think I want this for my kids? Do you think I want this for the teachers? Oh. I don't I don't know right. I don't I don't know if my sons are falling behind or not. I mean my son get, my, my youngest son gets up first thing in the morning, gets himself a cup of coffee. Next time, it would help if you actually brought a cup of coffee to your mom and me too. Next time, do you, think you remember that? Next time for tomorrow morning? You
1: woke up before me.
0: Right. Maybe you can get up first tomorrow and you can bring us the coffee.
1: <laughs> okay, fine. You're going to write down on a sticky note how mom likes her coffee and how you like your coffee.
0: You know how do I like my coffee?
1: One single ice cube and that's
0: all. Right. So I can chug it fast. Can you do that tomorrow morning?
1: I could do that for you, but you need to make a list of what mom likes in the morning.
0: All right. But that's, that's, that's the reality of the world here. Whereas people are staying home. People are not going out. We're going, well, we'll probably do take out Chinese because we're, we're terrified about what's going to happen to the local businesses that we support. We're terrified.
1: Well, I gotta be, I gotta be honest. I've, Really been eating out a lot, and in, at least in part, that has been because I'm trying to support the local businesses. I have been trying to avoid, although I will go to fast food places. I've been trying to avoid the fast food places, right? Um, because they're big chains. For the most part, they're going to be fine. Um, but like the small mom and pop shops, if I can find them and they're still open, there's a fantastic place just up the road from me. Fantastic place called Burley Burger, and I realize I'm giving them pre-advertising, and I I, they deserve it. The burgers are absolutely fantastic. When you come out here to visit me in Utah, we are eating there. Just so you know, because it's just a it's a great place. I like the vibe. The food is awesome. You know, so you know I'm trying to support places like that. Um, so I totally get it, you know, and it's funny to walk into a restaurant and see all of the, all the chairs and tables pushed into one side of the restaurant and all the chairs stacked. It's a little weird to see that.
0: It's, it's, it's freaky and disturbing all at the same time.
1: It is. I haven't seen, I haven't seen a scene like that since I left working in restaurants when I was a teenager.
0: Like, like there, there, oh. there's a vibe in a restaurant an hour or two after it closes and everybody all hands on deck cleaning out the restaurant, setting everything aside for the next day. People get to see a side of that that they wouldn't ordinarily get to see. And I get to see that on a regular yeah. basis. I'm worried about the wait staff. I'm worried about the bartenders. Yeah. I'm worried about various other people who have like the lifeblood of this country. And, I, and, and, I'm, and I'm worried Did you about
1: see. Hold on. Did you see that, that news article? It was on Facebook. one of uh, one of the people that is in uh, our Facebook group posted a link to an article. It was a like a video news segment. A strip club in Oregon is started something they call Buber Eats where you can order food from the strip club which sounds just like a bad idea in general, but you can order food from the strip club and the strippers will deliver to your door. And the owner of the strip club is doing this to keep people having income and keep people employed. The bartenders are the ones working the phones, working social media, taking calls and orders and all that stuff. Kitchen staff is doing what kitchen staff does. The strippers are the ones delivering the food, the bouncers are the ones driving them. So he's keeping everyone employed that kind of spirit is what i think is going to get people through this that kind of thinking outside the box and in the interview he the owner even said we started off as a joke and then we someone said well why couldn't we do it and we said well shit let's find out <laughs> you know but that kind of thing of you know how can i otherwise employ my wait staff how can i otherwise keep the people who work for me working and the money rolling in. That kind of thinking is I think what's going to on the other side of this pandemic, epidemic, whatever kind of demic it is, on the other side of that, those are the things that are gonna change the way we're looking at small businesses.
0: Yeah.
1: You know? And I I I fully and all for supporting the small businesses. They're the ones that are going to need the most help. The big businesses for the most part are going to be fine. They've got the deep pockets, they've got the, you know, the politicians that are going to help them out and make sure that they get their share of the bailout money. Yeah. The small businesses are the ones that are going to be in the most danger and have the biggest impact. And as usual, the government's not going to take the appropriate lessons from this. So,
0: because it's all about maintaining the status quo. So, and that's that's bothersome. Any is there any other upbeat news that we should share before we end out this this episode of the podcast?
1: Well, I heard that there is a vaccine for I want to say malaria that they're testing against um the coronavirus that may be effective. I've heard about that. I don't know if they've gone how far into testing they are, but I, I've heard multiple news articles covering that. <laughs> Excuse me. So the people who are working on a vaccination that at least slow the spread, they are working and they are there's it's not all doom and gloom. There are hopeful things out there. Um, there's another I've heard that Germany has a vaccine that they're working on that in preliminary tests looks promising. But again, a vaccine is only going to stop the spread. It is not going to cure anybody who has it. So there is there is hope on the horizon. It's cautious hope, but there is right. hope out there. Right. We may we may be back to the we may be at the new normal by the end of summer. It's hard to say.
0: I wonder what that new normal is going to look like.
1: So do I. So do I. Because I was really hoping. For example, my own company is the company I work for. But that is the company that bought us back in around Christmas time. Yeah. 95% of the workforce or, yeah, 95% of the workforce is all work from home right now. And there are some people that are talking at fairly high levels in the company that are discussing there's no reason why we can't sustain this. Right. Going forward, you know, and if people are working from home, if 95% of the workforce is working from home, you don't need as many offices open, you know? So we're going to see things are going to change. Not all of it's going to be bad. Not all of it's going to be good. It's just, you know, there will be a new normal on the other side of this. What's going to be interesting is to see, if and how international politics change and the election at the end of the year is going to be really interesting to watch and see how that develops. Because it's been proposed that we should not hold the elections. We shouldn't postpone the elections till after all this is over. I don't agree with that. I think the government should have some way of voting from home which the funny thing about that is it's that's going to, by necessity, create a default voter ID system. Yeah. And so I can see something like that happening. As long as it's not developed by the same people who did the Democrat voting in Iowa, we should be okay. Yeah. But yeah, the world is going to change. This is a period of greater change. We will come out of this. we will be on the other side of this more people have died from the common cold since January of this year than have died from coronavirus slash COVID-19 worldwide.
0: But it's sudden. The problem is, is that it's sudden. It's
1: the problem is that it spreads quickly. Right. is more, more the issue. It spreads very quickly. It's not as deadly as the common cold. But... Most of the population will not get the common cold. Most of the population will get COVID-19. That's the whole point of social distancing. It's, it's to slow the spread of the virus. That is why we're doing all this stuff. It's not going to prevent people from getting it. It's it, Or it's not going to stop people from getting it. It's going to prevent people from getting it as quickly. So we, There's light. There's hope for the future. Yeah. The world is in a state of change right now. It'll be interesting to see what things look like on the other side. But there is no reason for us to think this is it, the world is ending. No reason whatsoever.
0: <laughs> I I one of the, one of the things that I also think is amazing is that people who I've gotten a lot of friend book friend book i've got a lot of facebook requests from a lot of people who i thought hey i know that guy um i also think that one of the things that they should have done with this bailout bill is also let's just make sure that there's some money for the infrastructure i'm talking roads and bridges but also in, in internet in, infrastructure because if the vast majority of the people are going to be working from home
1: that needs to be robust as hell
0: it needs to be we're going to actually have to build up the internet backbone is.
1: <laughs> so have you seen one of my friends on Facebook shared that they, it was a just like a, a picture of like, you know, construction. And they said, you know, with everyone being forced to stay at home, now would be a great time to fix all the damn roads.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I fully support that message. It's going to keep people working. It's going to get bettering of the infrastructure. Yeah, get that shit out there so that we have less traffic jams. Yep. All right, man. I got. I got to get going. I got to get to work.
0: Absolutely. Stay warm and stay safe. And um, and uh, don't don't shake too many hands. Okay.
1: <laughs> you too.
0: All right, too. and, by and
1: l- no longer lingering kisses on the back of any woman's forehead. <sighs>
0: I only do that to one woman, and she says it's okay.
1: Hey, as long as you've got written consent, it's good.
0: Uh, well, I, it's a marriage license, so that's as close as I'm going to get to written consent. There
1: you go. There you
0: go. Yeah. Work. And also, a special shout out to all of our listeners and all of our fans of the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show, members of our Facebook group, and I'm actually wanted to do a shout out to super fan Melissa. Um, I have not forgotten about you. As soon as I get to it, um, I'm going to jam you off that coffee mug like I promised. So, everybody s- stay safe, stay warm, stay clean. Stay
1: healthy and clean. <laughs> and
0: keep your chin up and your fedora on, and don't go out of the house too often. congratulations on surviving another episode of the fedora chronicles radio show with hosts jason cousinow and eric King Fisk. find out more about the fedora chronicles by visiting our website thefedorachronicles.com that's where you can find our past shows show notes and recent articles follow us on twitter facebook and instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms don't forget to join our group on Facebook after you found it so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, fedorchronicle at Google.com, are great ways to drop us a line with comments and show topic suggestions. We might even read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash Chronicles. From your dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast updates on what we're doing and for five dollars a month you get all that and a t-shirt or coffee mug terms and conditions apply and thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing you can also support the show and show off your incredible impeccable taste by buying our merch at zazzle.com slash point five chronicles 12.5 of every sale goes directly into keeping this podcast and all the others on the Fedora Chronicles network on the air. That's Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme song for this show is Royal Flush by Olive Music. The Fedora Chronicles radio show is edited and produced by Eric King Fisk. Copyright, The Fedora Chronicles 2019-2020. All rights reserved. On behalf of Jason Cousineau, this is Eric King Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chin up and your fedora on.